It's finally happening, dude. Here we are. This is <laughs> nuts. Mischief Castle Grand Finale. The Vizier is here, dude. Episode 100. Reserved. The only ever reserved episode. Sweet. With. You had to call a guy out from LA. I did, yeah. yeah I, had to, I had to call in my guys <laughs> for some contract work. We are here with returning guests, distanced, spaced episode guests. Six and thirty-one. Ryan Gallup. Yeah, all right. Thank you, thank you. I was not aware I was on two. You were on two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One at the loft, True. one in here. That's right. Yep. Episode fifty-one. Foxy and the Golden Boy. Returning guest Evan Gallup. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. What's up, dude? And right under the gun. <laughs> Repeat guest. Two in a row. Double it up, episode 99, White Woman Homework. It's Connor Gal, baby. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> this Wait, is Mischief Castle, episode 100, our first four person episode. It's happening, boys. Let's do it. How do you name the episodes? How do I name the episodes? So, um, what I usually do is, or for, at least for the ones that I've been putting like effort into, I just listen back to it um, and while I'm editing it. I'll just listen back to like my favorite bit or whatever that I can pull like um, a title out of, pretty much. Okay. And then no matter where it is in the episode, I'll just design a thumbnail around it after I'm done with the edit on the sound. And then, uh, yeah. But this one, this one had a predetermined name, so. Okay. It, Which is what? Yeah. The final shebang. <laughs> oh, one hundred. It's something. It's I. I wanted. Uh, I'm still deciding on the exact wording of it. But it's it's down to a few contenders. Basically, I wanted to go with like four just absolutely divine, over descriptive adjectives, and then some variation on grand finale. Just having like a one hundred word long title for episode one hundred. Uh, do the opposite. Go French. Fin. Fin. <laughs> F Fin. It's over for real this time. The end of every fire emblem. Yep. It says Fin. It just says Fin. Yeah. But, you know, that Japanese. Point that thing towards your face. I didn't know Uncle Dwayne was a Fire Emblem guy. Yeah, I learned that this weekend, too. What? Yeah. What? Uh, this is news to me. Like, pretty deep one, it sounded like. Really? Like, he said he plays Emulated on the GameCube or something. Or GameCube game on the PC or something like that. Oh, he, fi- oh, he, he does, yeah. I remember that, actually. So I went out to Colorado last year, and he showed me his rig, his setup. He's got this insane he's got like this petabyte like two petabyte um external hard drive that just has all of his game files on it for this emulator i forgot exactly what it's called but it's literally every console up to the current generation at that time it was it was the wildest thing i've ever seen it's i'm sure it's like i'm sure in some country it's the biggest crime on planet earth but (laughs) he he did have fire emblem buried in there and that's uh Ooh, that came as a surprise to me. Cause yeah, I remember he would always ask us about it, like here or there. What What are you guys this doing? What is what game is this? Year, yeah. I ask every year. What's the same <laughs> game you guys have been playing since you were eight? So he actually knew. He knew. He knew the whole time. Yeah, he was just testing us, I guess. I finished that uh, that Fire Emblem game I was working on. I spec scripted the whole thing out. Did you guys listen to 
Have you guys listened to the episodes we did, me and Ev? Well, I remember you were working on something, but I, I don't know, it was a long time ago. So we, a year ago, Evan and I did an episode where it was just a normal episode, and then we did a 45-minute uh, mini dedicated to just building the we're perfect fire emblem. Off. Just building the perfect fire emblem, and I just oh, I yeah. shotgunned a uh, like spec script for this one I was thinking up at the time, and then I listened back to it. And I'm like, oh fuck it, I'll just I'll just write this whole game, and then I did, and it's um. Fire Emblem. Obviously. And the Leather Wings of the Nuclear. <laughs> leather Wings of the Nuclear? Leather Wings of the Nuclear. Does it take... Um, Reminds me of Mer. Where does it take bit. place? Like, in the same nice. sort of universe? Same sort of universe. Um, high fantasy. Magic-ish. Are there Lagoos? There's the predominant... Predominant species on the planet is Lagoos shapeshifters. This is before or after Dagensia? 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 No, not not the same. Yeah. Not the same timeline. I um, I figured if I ever did anything with this, like if I ever listened back to this and I fully explained it and I tried to actually make something out of it, I probably couldn't use the exact names. So, different world. I'd probably have to fucking change the working title or whatever. But, um. Like, 80, 85% of the people are all Lagoos, animal shapeshifters. Mm-hmm. Humans are, like, they have no home nation anymore. They're this tiny little part of the population. They got basically, like, uh, culled down to whatever starting re- starting region you go in. And then um, the entire thing would be, like, um, a sprawling kind of open open branching path game where you start in one place and then you can go in, like, two directions from everyone, but every permutation of the uh, playthrough would be different because uh, once you go in one direction, it locks the other one out. So there's ways you can get around to certain parts of like the the branching story tree where going in that direction you didn't go in. But to start with, you'd be like you could only get like fifty percent of the game at most to start, which would encourage replay value. But uh, so, it, yeah, it's like Detroit becomes human. Kind of, yeah. Bit, yeah. So in every game of the series of the franchise, the fire emblem is a different thing. It's usually like some religious symbol or thing that powers up your your blue haired sword lord. Um, mm-hmm. In my game, the fire emblem is a th- <laughs> <laughs> nip life, <laughs> nip life. Have just flashed us here in real life. Wow. <laughs> Why is that a crop top? <laughs> Thank you for just yes. absolutely derailing my thing. Wearing a fucking nap shirt. <laughs> I was like, oh, he's. I only took the jacket off. I was like, about time. And then I was like, that thing's riding a little high. Yeah. I was like, oh, warm. Oh, And then I just saw your titties. For Kelsey. Sure. You got the Will Ferrell uh, <laughs> cowbell like look going. I forgot. <laughs> Is that the? Oh yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you dress like I'm not going right. to that. By the way, you're not. No. Why not? Uh, I saw some of the Gallup fam yesterday on the walk. Yeah. So I'm counting that. Okay. It's my Gallup excursion, and I've got some. Uh, I'm stuff just to do. I'm just not going. You don't want to go to Medusa? Medusa, Medusa, hit on me like I'm Luminati. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Right. They get a community. Please get a Versace on my property. Versace, Versace. But yeah, she can. Uh, I don't know what I would do anyway. I'd probably just show up. Yes. Are you doing something, Cam? Are you going? Yeah, I'm going. Are you dressing up? No. Yeah, I dress up like Kelsey. You could, uh, she said. She said uh, art of her, like a picture oh, of her as right. a substitute. So I just mm. photoshopped up something this morning, and, oh, then, and then failed to print it really well. But what I was saying something. What the hell was that? Thank you, Evan, for just absolutely just train crashing head on. He becomes human. Oh yeah, yeah. My, um, this is a welcome <laughs> Looking good over there. Thanks. I'm wondering what's oh, under dude. Connor's jacket in there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to wait till the hour mark to reveal. <laughs> um, Nipples. Oh, the, la- yeah, the last thing is the, f- the Fire Emblem is a physical thing in every game. It's like, yes. it changes, they change what it is, but it's a named thing every game. In my game, the Fire Emblem, like the main bads are, are the dragon folks, because they always are. You always got to fight a big bad dragon at the end. So the Dragon Nation, your Benyon or whatever, or uh, what were they called in Radiant Dawn? What was the Dragon? Goldoa. Goldoa. Dragon Country. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't breathe fire though, right? That's not some of them did. Oh yeah, yeah. the red ones. They did. breathed red and white. They breathed breath. That was yeah. The, the, that, the name of their attack was breath. So I uh, remember Har's dragon. Har is that his name? Yeah. Right. Har. Oh, yeah. That's didn't just breathe a whiver. fire. Oh, yeah. it's just a whiver. Okay. Yeah. And he would just swoop down his axe and. You can get in any Fire Emblem game. Um, sure. Anyway, the Fire Emblem, the physical thing in my game is a um, is a quote unquote nuclear option for the for the human main characters and their their animal alliance. So they don't want to use it. The whole point of stop scratching that that belly button. Dude. Uh, the whole the whole point of the game is that. You don't want to use the fire emblem because it's just, it's just basically like anti dragon nuke that if you activate it summons this like god spell that just wipes them out of existence, um, and that's like a proposed solution to them trying to wipe non animal shifting humans off the map. Um, so you get this like moral conflict between like listen they're if I don't do anything they're gonna kill me. I have the genocide option too, but can I use it? Yes, no, yada yada, and then you'll get your different allies. Some, oh, some so faction. It boils right down to genocide. Okay. Well, genocide is the option you're trying to avoid. There would only be one genocide option, and then every other branching path option would be way away from that. Um, but I mean, there's ways you can fuck up and end up there anyway. Um, and I think that's like, I think that's an intriguing premise for. That's a game I would play if I didn't make it. Um, is if you're given, here's the end stage apocalypse dire consequences right off the bat. You do not want this to happen. But if you fuck it up, it's going to happen. Um, and having like like 20 or 30 permutations of Would options. take up one tile? <laughs> uh, it depends. There would be size classes. I Actually, no, there wouldn't Dragons be. Dragons take up four in Fire Emblems nowadays. Do they? Yeah. Well, just beasts. Beasts, yeah. The monster classes in um, in these newer games, I do not fuck with it at all. Uh, I like things taking up one tile on a board. Like, I, I don't like the idea because she's the big powerful one. Um, I think everything, if you're playing it, if you're playing like a grid-based strategy RPG, everything needs to take up the same amount of space no matter what I'll size it is. scene of a dragon blowing up a castle. Then. Huh? Remember Kurth? Remember Kurth's cutscene? 
Oh yeah, Kurth shows up to. Um, he takes up one tile. Night castle. Yeah. Well, I mean, a, a tile is um, two tiles or diagonals is like like possible throwing distance or possible ranged attack distance in those games. So it's like it could be anywhere from five to twenty feet is one tile. Because um, in every cutscene in every game or in every fight scene in every game the character you pick to fight somebody else will still have to run up to the other guy and try and slap him. Or if it's at range, they'll be starting at like 50 paces and then pull out an arrow and shoot and can still miss. Like it's not, it's a variable distance. Also, it's a piece of fiction. It's a video game. <laughs> you can do whatever the hell you want. Are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. No, this is a dream that came to me. This is a legacy that I, that I have to live through. I just thought it'd be fun to like learn how to create a video game. Yeah, on Unreal Engine or we, something. Growing up, we've always had ideas on yeah. how we can like, make We've always wanted to, but <clears throat> just not the career path we chose. The thing about making games, because I have, I, have I have some training in making games. The thing about it is that it's just insanely frustrating the amount of things going on to make any game happen. So I went to... Um, Mohan built a, uh, a Votech building right behind our main campus. <clears throat> In like walking distance from our from our main campus, so our uh, senior year like choice classes, I took game design too. Um, so every day for half the day, skipped right over one, huh? I did actually, yeah, because I had the I had the math and science prerequisites, so I didn't need it. Um, also, I was a senior, so they're like, we're not going to make him take an extra year of school to learn entry level stuff when he could just take the two course and. They said, like, hey, if you fail this, we're just going to boot you down to one, and then you'll be taking an extra one. But I knew all the stuff um, coming out of one already. So they sent me to Game Design 2. Evan, please stop. <laughs> we <laughs> Is this going to be the thing? It's not that distracting. <clears throat> but you're not the one that's... Like, yeah, I'm trying not to, like... <laughs> well, I just keep looking whenever I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Game Design 2... And the thing that I excelled at was um, making 3D models. So we worked in this program called 3ds Max. It's um, it's a like a bare bones skeleton kind of program um, where you just click a button and it generates a shape, and then every side of that shape is a polygon that you can morph and manipulate. Every corner of it is its own thing that you can push and pull. Um, and I started doing character and weapon design, and I was making some pretty good low poly models. Um, and then I started failing the class because we moved out of that and into coding and coding is like 50% of game design because it's just anything electronic is all code. And I fucking suck at coding. I hate it so much. Um, I never even tried. Is it monotonous? Like beyond belief? The the thing about, I mean, there's, there's people who are really successful with it and you don't have to be like super autistic and dive into the rabbit hole to be able to be good at it right but it's it's just something that i can't do because it's it's a new language that i can't ascribe any meaning to anything inside of it it's like python right? yeah yeah python uh c sharp um c plus plus you're not fluent in python visual studio <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know, like, ChatGPT and some of the AI softwares, though, are helping people <coughs> skirt that a little bit. Oh, for sure. So you it's can type AI. in, I want, like, 
code written for this character to run across two mile distance, whatever. Yeah, there's um, out, there's uh, there. So the code, the code languages, the bare bones of it, um, the simplified ones, the ones that aren't binary, because um, there's binary code languages which are way more monotonous because it's literally just yes, no on every single thing, and you have to pump that in manually. The ones that are not so monotonous and, and kind of boiled down for for ease of access, they have all these um, inside. I, li- I like to call them like insider terms. Um, just shit like, have you ever heard the word Boolean before? Boolean? Boolean. Yes. No. You've heard the word Boolean? I've heard it. In what context? Does it mean anything to you? Boolean. Man, you Boolean. Boy, you Boolean. Like, a bunch of metal? Boolean? Nope. True. How are you spelling it? B-O-O, uh, B-O-O-L-I-A-N. Not the not it's the like Kodak Black. Black. No, not not B U L L I O N. No, it's a different thing. Okay, yeah. Not Booyan. Not the little meat cube either. No, mm, it's uh. I go it, for some meat. Sorry. <laughs> it's it, actually E A N. Hmm. Booyan. E A N, not I A N. Oh, whatever. I haven't been in a coding class in five years, so take my word lightly. But basically, it it's um, it's a coding term that means a very specific function inside of any coding language and that is not something i could learn and ascribe meaning to because it didn't like it it only functions like this with that meaning of that word inside of this system and the way that i learn things is that i relate them to outside stuff that i already know um so i could not wrap my head around what all these functions do and it's not just the one like if that's the only one i remember but there's like 50 other terms inside of coding where every function has its own name and does its own thing and I just could never remember any of them. And you have to manually pump in the exact one every time. Um, before AI scripting of anything to help you, yeah. there is no like codex or like dictionary of these terms inside of this programming system to look up the function that you want and then pump it in and it just loads up the name and you can ascribe whatever, mm-hmm. whatever character model or, or function or action to it. You'd have to remember it, type it in every single time. So you weren't good at the vocab. Basically? I'm not. I wasn't good at the vocab, pretty much. And then also the um, the exact way that code works is that it needs to be inside of certain parameters. So everything has to end in a semicolon, um, and that's for every individual functional word. It has to be a semicolon. <laughs> what are you doing back there? What are you hiding? What do you want? What's he building back there? He's just there? stroking. With the fuzz. He's just fucking around with the hole in the... fondling. Um, yeah, there's... Everything Everything needed to be, like, to a T. Like, you gotta dot all your I's, cross all your T's, and if you don't, it just breaks. The whole thing breaks. It doesn't work. You have to reopen your entire script, and um, it won't tell you where the error is. You just have to figure out, why doesn't this work? And then fuck around with everything and make it work. I just couldn't do it. Um, I like writing. I like drawing. I like music, character design, character modeling, weapon modeling, um, all that fighting, fighting, all that external stuff that makes games work. But the actual DNA of it, I fucking suck at. And it's you need it. You need a whole team of people dedicated to just that sort of stuff. Like it's it's almost impossible to build. 
by yourself. A game of any quality by yourself. Even in like pre-built systems. Like um, there's this thing online. You ever heard of RPG Maker? Yeah. Role-playing game maker? No, but yeah. yeah I can Didn't somebody, did you see the video where they used that to make a Shrek game by themselves? Yeah. <laughs> isn't, yeah. Isn't Bionicle getting made by one guy? The game? Mm-hmm. Is there a new game of it? Oh, yeah. Pull it up. Jamie? Okay, sure. Son of Jamie? <laughs> sure, Jamie, son of Jamie. Oh, geez, this is weird. Just type in Team Kanohi on YouTube. There. Oh, on, on YouTube. I can hold your mic. No, I'm all good. You can type faster with two hands. No, I got long fingers. It's all good. Uh, I did not know that they're getting a new... Oh, they are getting a new game. Yeah, dude. That's sick. I'll have to check that out. see the trailer. I haven't seen it. Isn't Manor Lords made by one guy, right? Um, yes. M- mainly, mainly, mainly. Gotta have some He help. contracts out, like, some of the music and, like, character From design stuff. But, like, he's the architect behind all of it. Is there volume on this? Like the TV? Does the TV have a... Have a There's that remote there to your bottom left. Oh, this is made by Essinger. I know that guy. I follow that guy on TikTok and stuff. What kind of game is this? I wasn't expecting that music. No. <laughs> We're expecting the All-American Rejects? <laughs> no. Is this All-American Rejects? Aw. <laughs> Big throwback for me. Yeah. This is one dude he's bored. Oh, that looks good. The original Bionicles looked kind of whack, though, to me. Some of them looked kind of skin and bone. Oh, this is Cryo Shell. This is not all mega This is Cryo Shell. You guys know someone like our age who made this game, like when they got older. Yep. 100%. Oh, yeah. This is us in another life if we just fully spec'd into. computer stuff so which one is your favorite of the colors what is my favorite color or which is my favorite bionicle yeah what i don't know their names for me it's just all it's just colors swag. yeah um when i was a kid i really really liked um liwa the green one lua and then as i got older i became a big kopaka guy i like the white one the ice one yeah the white one was my my boy. When I was a kid, I thought he was an asshole, and I kind of fucking hated him. And then, as I got older, and I became Once you realized you were also an asshole. I became like, jaded. I, like I became <laughs> jaded with life, and I started hating fucking everything. I was like, "Yeah, this guy's onto something." I was like Tahu. You like Tahu? The hothead. Gotta love Tahu. Tahu. Tahu Bohadi. I have not. I didn't know. Uh, I heard whispers of that from. From Early uh, next year, yeah, we'll see. On Steam, I saw. Oh, oh, jeez. <laughs> we are in just for the music. <laughs> Amazing. That's that's incredible. No, I um, I did not know that was a thing. I did not know that was happening. Right into an hour's worth of Dune. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we got to get on that in a second. Suck on this. 
So I make a cheeseburger, double make a cheeseburger. <laughs> double cheeseburger, whopper, four piece nuggets, and a coke. So Dune, Dune Part Two, coming early twenty twenty four. Can't fucking yeah. wait. Yeah, yeah. So Ryan, you're supposed the supposed to come out uh, last month. But. You're the resident Dune expert here in this family and on this podcast. I've read f- five of the six. Five of the six. And I'm on the six. So the first, the first movie, the first new movie, of course, that came out, um, is just the first half of the first book, correct? Like when yeah. when Paul and his when Paul and Jessica meet up with a Fremen and kill um, what's his face, Jardis or whatever the hell his name is, um, and join the Fremen and g- first start going into the desert. That is the halfway point of the first book. Yes, that's correct. Yes, what's okay, the leader so of the Fremen? What's his name? Um. Well, at what point? Uh, in the f- in, in the, the movie. movie, in the f- in the Timothy Chalamet movie. Like when it begins. Like when it begins. Stilgar. 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 And he's portrayed by what actor, Ryan? Bardo. <laughs> Bardo. <laughs> Javier Bardo. Javier. Uh, close. That's very, actually way closer, closer than closer. I expected. Yeah, Javier Bardem. Way, way more off for me. Yeah. <laughs> That was that was Connor's gamble on the last episode. He said, <laughs> "Ask Ryan the specific name of that actor. He will not remember. He locked that in." He was right. He made. <laughs> so what is Bar- it? Javier Bardem? You were very Bardem. close. Yeah, you were close. I'll give you credit. You get yeah. Probably the closest you've ever come in your whole life. To Thank you. Record. Thank you. Yeah. That's the closest you've ever come in your entire life to Javier Bardem. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, the second movie is gonna be Dune is in or uh, Paul is in the desert. And he's trying to get Arrakis back, like, in the control of the Fremen. I'm intrigued by the deal with his mom. Is she, like, an empath or something? She can feel all of his thoughts or his she's fears? She's Benny Gesserit, which I'm sure Connor knows a little bit about. I, I heard that name, and they did not go into very much detail. They're just some magic people, I understood. But, like, every yeah. every single expose shot of that woman, she's, like... It's related to her son, and then she's like, "Oh, oh, I'm feeling." And what are yeah. you thinking? And so her conflict is because the whole Dune series is based in reality, if you believe it or not. But it's like five thousand years into the future, so it's like a ridiculous amount of time into the future where, um, and there's no aliens. It's just human colonization over time yes. in the solar system yes. or in the universe. Um, but the Bene Gesserit, they're basically like an order. That sort of manipulates behind the scenes political power. And they themselves are like some of the most powerful people in the universe. But they choose to keep it hidden. Because if everyone actually knew what kind of power they had, they would kind of get uh, sought out and destroyed. But they know themselves. Like their credo is like know thyself. So they can control their bodies um, in combat and then use their senses to kind of pick up cues that other people miss. Ooh. So they're just they're a very, like, hyper-organism of a human. You were saying to me a couple of years ago that they're, I mean, I might be misquoting you here, but you said something about how their, um, or the book's portrayal of their kind of understanding of psychology or whatever their mystical mind powers are, is that they can kind of, like, predict specific points of, like, conversation or what you'll say up Eventually. to, like... Yeah. Up to like 500 years in the future. Yeah, Spice helps with that. And that's where you get the... They reference it in the movie, I think, the Empire Truthsayer. Like, once she gets on the Spice, she gets like 
into herself a little bit more and can kind of pick up more of what you're saying. So if Connor's talking to me and he makes a little twitch or doesn't finish a sentence correctly, that might tell that, you know, he's lying or something. Oh, okay. Or um, drooling or something. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, they're trying to find someone who can predict the future, mm. essentially. The Kwisatz Sadrat. Um, and then... That's the Bene, their biggest goal. That's so. their biggest goal. Yeah. So the Benny Gesserit, when they take the spice, they can they get all their ancestors' memories from the female side, basically. Oh, shit. Okay. So the And then they can pull on that mm-hmm. knowledge to help them make decisions as well. Okay. So yeah. what they are seeking is someone that can look into the male and female memories, um, which Paul can do eventually. Ooh. But he's the first person that could ever do it. And the Benny Gesserit want to control him, but once he kind of gets awoken... He they lose control of him and he kind of so all of that like thing, um yeah. all of that like when he's freaking out in the tent in the desert with his mom after the yeah. after the attack by the Sardaukar awakening he's, yeah they're like um all that premonition future stuff about like oh they fly my father's flag a holy war in my name that's all yeah like he's looking at himself he's but looking that's, through that's his own eyes potential futures yeah right and uh, it does differ though because his his visions in the end um not. Jardis or whatever the the guy he he kills at the end of the movie in that um that like challenge yeah. so combat was supposed to be his like guide to riding the James. worms. Yeah. Um yeah, so in the books he does have that moment in the tent, but it's a lot more it's a little less like fanatic. He's more of like his eyes are just blank, face blank and he's like thinking a mile a minute of scenarios. Mm. And he's, his brain can't control, like, the amount of scenarios that's going on. So he's, like, sort of just, like, drooling. Um, but I will say, like, you were mentioning Jameis. So he saw about, you know, millions of outcomes of where Jameis helped him learn the desert. Or Jameis killed him. And um, what it boiled down to was Jameis was going to help, like, show him the way. Yeah. So in his mind, like, he knew Jameis very well. So when he had to kill him, it was very emotional in the books. Oh, all right. Because in his mind, he's like, I this, he was supposed to be my friend. He was supposed to help me. Okay. So in a way, he helped him because of killing him. He got accepted into the tribe and started that foothold. Oh, all um, right. Also, they don't mention in the movie is he's trained as a mentat from birth. A mentat? A mentat mm-hmm. is basically like uh, a computer, a human computer. That's what... Uh, Yes. So they don't mention in the movie, but Paul is trained as that. And part of that training is so he can unlock his ancestry a little bit easier Mm. because he can kind of methodically go through it all. And then um, so and then the spice sensitivity to spice and then just the Atreides bloodline has sort of a uh, prescience, they call it like ability to predict the future a little Mm. bit. So you kind of combine all these things into Paul. Um, and then his crazy training from birth, basically, too. The framing, the framing of that movie um, made me a little bit uncomfortable when I watched it. So I saw it twice. Um, I watched it once by myself a couple months ago, and then I went out to um, Oswego with some friends on Halloween weekend, and uh, we got Spooky. we got just way too destroyed. So we didn't go out our second night. We just went to an off-campus. Um, mm-hmm. Apartment with all of our friends, and we just sat down and watched the movie because we're like, we're not moving right now. We need something to just lock us down, so that we're not going anywhere. And then um, I've also been to Oswego twice during Halloween. 
to get destroyed. It's a fucking. It's a time. Fucking wrecked. It is. It is a time. Uh, It's. It's a shitty place, honestly. It's. It's. I mean, yeah. It's a. (laughs) Most college towns are. Yeah, but most college towns are. There's nothing there aside from from bars and banks. That's literally it. It's a college on a great lake. It's. It's just there to be a sightseeing place, pretty much. Um, You guys should have went to Albany. To. Party for Halloween? If I didn't break my leg, I probably would have. Just uh, never invited me, it. bro. Yeah, for real. Oh man, I was ready to get down. Well, we had an end, and party with Coburn. <laughs> <laughs> I dropped you off at a party once. I think. <clears throat> yeah, or picked you up from one. Maybe I both. Can't, I can't remember. Yeah, but I, I didn't think you guys were cool enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Anyway, he's lame. Yeah. The f- the framing of that movie. Get down. The capital? Small, buddy. You guys probably had accounting parties. Let's. We're playing checkers the at the accounting the party. Come, Come hang on. out with us. We're playing checkers, guys. Oh my god, guys! Kevin did the section 107 tax code in under 10 minutes. So that's a record for the <laughs> our tribe. <laughs> Not funny. You're in an accounting frat, right? No. Accounting frat. An international honorary organization. <laughs> <laughs> Cult. Frats. We, we were in we an accounting humane society. Did you have Greek letters? Yeah. That's a frat, <laughs> oh, That's a frat Buster. Beta of a size, stand up. <laughs> or just sit down. <laughs> sit down, do your work. Anyway. <laughs> that was uh, your guys' uh, phrase or whatever. Stand up, boys. Stand but up, boys. Sit down. Do your work. <laughs> and pray. No. I uh, yeah. no. I was with some friends in Oswego watching that fucking movie, and by the time this the scene in the tent happened, somebody just like piped up. Is like you have the the movie's framed in such a way where people can think like you ever just sit in a tent with your mom and there's a weird sexual tension for some reason oh. because it's just. I mean, you you know this by Rai, You know this by. Knowing Ow. the series, it's oh. just the the way that the movie is framed visually with the way Jessica reacts to everything that happens with Paul makes it seem like she can feel oh. the things that song. he's feeling. Y- yeah, but it's not just like a motherly concern. The the um, yeah the Bene Gesserit bloodline powers or whatever or the the empath bullshit going on there makes it seem like she's literally in his head. And feeling the things he's feeling, not seeing them, maybe necessarily, Imagine but if having your son was the chosen one, having that rush yeah. of emotions at the same time as him, and and well, then, you, they've been trying to find the Kwisatz Haderach their entire existence, yeah, and then that's the moment where Jessica's like, oh shit, he is the Kwisatz Haderach, and she's also torn, and Paul is Benny Gesserit too, obviously, like what? he got that training, but but she broke her, yeah, thing. so right. she was supposed to have a daughter. And Benny Jesuit can control the embryo or whatever, and they can pick what sex uh, oh, baby they have. Gattaca, some Gattaca, whatever that means. But yeah, um, sure. it's a it's a movie where in the near future people can alter the genes of their kids before they're they're made. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so yeah, very much <clears throat> like that. And that's just like control of their body, basically. Okay. But she was supposed to have a daughter to marry to Fade Ralpha, and then they were gonna try for that child to be Quizas Fade Ralpha is the, the Baron's. Baron's nephew, and he's also getting special training and everything. So, but because she was in love with Leto, Paul's father, and Leto really wanted a son, she disobeyed her Benny Gesserit uh, initiative and said, I gave him a son. 
and decides to try to train him to be the Kwisatz anyway. Leto and uh, Jessica are not married, correct? No, she's okay. concubine. Okay, that's what I thought. Which is... But they do love each other yes, a lot. Yeah. And the only reason Leto doesn't marry her is to keep, like, possible political alliances on the table. Okay. Because yeah. if he's, you know, available to be married, technically other houses will covet that. To, yes. You know, form yes. Alliances. But um, it's a very feudal society. The Baron's nephew, that's Batista. It's Dave Batista. Mm-hmm. It's a guy we have not seen. That in the movie. is Bista Raban. Yeah, Bista Raban. Okay. Fader Alpha will be in uh, part two, though, played by the guy who played uh, Elvis. Elvis. Presley, most recently. Austin, um, what's his, what's, Austin, what's his face? It's Austin. Austin something? Austin, Texas? Portrayed by the city of Austin, Texas? Austin Butler? Yes. Austin Butler. There we go. Cool. Right. Come on. He got oh, my one. God. It's crazy. Dude. <laughs> Rise off that spice right now. He knows Impressive. fucking everything. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me. Have pull, any... Uh, pull the part two trailer up is really good, and <laughs> it shows him and his character's portrayal. I did not well. know there was a trailer. I am out of the loop on everything, I Two guess. part two... 4K trailer, max HD, part two trailer. Um, that you know what? We'll watch this first, and then I'll. Twenty-two million views. That is Can't ridiculous. Wait, dude. This movie's gonna be fucking insane. That's Beast Raban, who plays. Uh, yeah. Shield tech in this movie. Some of my favorite shit ever. Yeah, it's cool. Quips, dude. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know. Holy shit, Josh uh, Brolin's alive? Yeah. Yeah, I wish they saved that for the movie. But. Holy shit, Saw? <laughs> they put Saw in this movie? <laughs> Is that him? Is that the butt? It's Butler. Let's go. That's the Emperor, played by... Uh, you guys know his name. Yeah. I do not know his name. <laughs> He's a popular guy. Yeah, I, I know. We gave them something to hope for. That's the Is this where he becomes a Power Ranger? Oh, yeah. Thank you. 
Fuck yeah. Let's go, dude. Different, um, very different musical direction. Like, one, yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, it's um, all still there. Yeah, it's... The, it's I, evolved a little it's, bit. It's there, but the, um... Less throat scene. Still Hans Zimmer. There'll be some throating. The, sure. uh, there was a specific, um, leitmotif throughout all the music in the first movie. Do you know what the... Do you guys know what that word is? Leitmotif? Distortion? Um, sounds French. In a... Um, I agree. In a piece of art or a, um, or a theme of music, I guess. The motive? Yeah, yeah, the motif is um, the specific pattern that repeats in something. So a lay motif is across different pieces of art or music that are in the same collection if they have the same pattern in it. So that like thing that was going on with all the, um, the synths. All that, all that synth shit going on in... Um, in the music that kept happening in every different piece of music in the first movie, that's the lay motif. Is that specific pattern, no matter what instrument it comes with or or what mm. setting it's in, that's the call lay motif. And I didn't hear it in that trailer at all. So I it mean, makes the me girl's get... voice was in the first, but they, it's in a different sort of way, I guess. No. So is it? Does it have to be the same music throughout, or can it be tweaked slightly throughout? Uh, no, it can be. It can be slightly different here. Um, yeah, my f- I'll pull up my favorite song from the leaving um, leaving Caledon. The oh yeah, it's got a lot of futuristic mechanical noises. Oh this okay so this right here when it kind of rises a little bit. That that is the lay motif. So in this specific song, it's just the forefront instrument um, is that synth playing that pattern. But mm. in almost every scene setting piece of music in the first movie, the Batman that, movies do that. Yes, like a lot of a lot of big that right there. That's in every single piece of music music in the movie, um, and I didn't hear that in the trailer. But which I don't I don't mind if they want to go in a. A different musical direction yeah, to tell a different part it's of the story. It's also okay. just a trailer. Like, yeah, some of, of those course. scenes might not even be in the movie. Like, it was three minutes that, long. Really. That's like a long trailer. That's a really long trailer. It's like what they did with Zan- Dune One. Um, not yet, but there probably will be. But like, even in the first trailer, they showed Zendaya a bunch, and she was barely. She's in barely the in that movie, fucking movie. So. That's true. It's fair. It's hard to get a full picture of what's going. All on. that Bloodline stuff reminds me. Have any of you guys seen Attack on Titan? Or heard anything about Attack on Titan? Runs an anime. Yeah. Or, I'm, I mean, I'll just I'll just tell you. I um, the crux of that story is very similar to the stuff with um, the Bene Gesserit in Dune, and I didn't I didn't know that was going on in Dune. But um, in Attack on Titan, there's uh, there's this weird bloodline power, very similar, that turns people into these huge giants titans? called titans yes wow. um that's cool some people don't know what that word means you gotta lead with you gotta lead with giant uh and there's certain people who can um willingly turn themselves into them and people who don't have that like bloodline power who get turned into it they they're just trapped they go full spastic um lost in their mind turn into a fucking animal like a huge 30 foot animal and just go around eating people um but one of the one of the uh, Titans' special abilities called the coordinate, and it um, 
whoever has it can see through the eyes of everyone who ever has had the ability and ever will have it through this thing called the path. It's this like infinite dreams, dreamscape the desert. Weird, the weirding way. Mm, yes. And uh, the 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 protagonist of the story becomes the antagonist because he just goes full schizo. He can't handle having every every single moment of history in his head at the in, at once. Um, but it's a very similar concept where once you kind of unlock your uh, reading into that ability, you can know all of the future. And see every permutation of it and every thought everyone's ever had about what the future could be and try to make specific things happen. It's very it's yeah. a very I interesting mean, that's very similar to Dune and how the story goes beyond the first book. Um, so I love shit like that. And the spice is at the center of it all because the spice gives people the ability to tap into that power. So Paul takes it to another degree because of all his background and he basically gets the ultimate prediction. Like, he learns ultimate prediction. But what he learns is that, like, ultimate prediction is basically death because there's nothing he doesn't know that's going to happen anymore. And when, like, a series of events that are bad for himself start happening, he's very, like, depressed about it. Oh, of course. Because he can't really alter it. He knows it's coming. Um, And he... Just a little bit of the future books is he ends up losing his eyes from an incident. Okay. But because of his ultimate prediction, he can still walk around the world and unafflicted. see exactly where everything is. And he can matter. see, like, based on his pure sense and, like, mind reading, he knows what you're wearing. He knows where you are located. Mm. He knows what you're going to do. And he can basically fragment himself a world without eyes. Like a psychic daredevil. Yeah. Prescience. Prescience in its fullest capability. Last question, because this is becoming a 45 uh, minute Dune interview. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um,. The spice is not a fuel, correct? It does not make... It's not the fuel a, for interstellar travel? No, well, it so is. So it's more of a human fuel. So it's used... Um, guild navigators are basically how you safely get through the universe and have a universe this size. So that is a, a person that is saturated with the spice. They're basically in a tank filled with spice their whole life. Okay. And um, they... Th- when they tap into their prescience, it shows them a safe path through the galaxy. Okay. Chart a uh, big spaceship, basically. Right. Um, that makes sense. So, and then later in the I books, mean, no, not to get but... too off track, but, um, like, when they're trying to, uh, you know, the the political games they play, once Paul takes eventually takes the throne, um, they're trying to, you know, stop him and take it back, especially Benny Jesuit trying to regain control. And they eventually end up turning to the guild navigators to try to help predict what Paul is going to do. Okay. Because they have that ability as well. That's but, cool. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for the Dude interview, folks. We'll be right back. <laughs> Mischief Accusser. You. Yes, you. Me? Yes, you. Do you live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Baltimore, Maryland, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Spokane, New York, Spokane, Washington? or Atlanta, Georgia. If you do, you qualify for one free ticket to go fuck yourself. That's right, call now. Free consultation to go fuck yourself. Mischief Castle! Uh, 
Ev, let's start it to you. You have not said a lot. Can you please? I have. Oh, sorry. Welcome back to Mr. Castle episode 100, folks. Ev, can you tell us the uh, the jury duty story, please? Uh, so I, <laughs> this was the first segment I wrote down for this episode when you first requested it, and I've been thinking about it for over a year because when you told me this story as it happened uh, a few years ago, it was maybe one of the funniest sequences of events I'd ever heard at the time. So please, with a new audience and on audio capture, can you describe to us what happened on those fateful days in summer 2019 or whenever it was? I will try my best. Um, yeah, it was a while ago. A lot of the details are scattered. I told you right after it happened. Yes. It was all fresh. So funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, going back 2019, I was working summer camp job. Thrycon wasn't there, but get the Jerry Duty papers first time. I'm not sure if you guys have ever been on one. I, I did not get selected, but I went to go to the thing. I got out of it. I told him I was racist. I was not a. I was not You're an impartial. Lying, really? You're no, lying. you can do that. You can do that. You can do that. But yeah, you have to have balls to stand up and say I'm racist. <laughs> like I've done Jerry it plenty Duty of show. times. I don't know if you guys saw the show. I saw the first few episodes. But one of the actors is like pretends to be racist, and he's like, "Oh, that guy told me to be racist, so I get out of it." Well, they <laughs> said they said. Um, you have to be like impartial, like the the jury of your peers concept requires. I you'd love judging fully. people, huh? So. Mm. I do, but not in a in a court of law. Why? I don't believe in the rule That's of law. That's when it actually matters. I believe in You're an anarchist. I believe in natural justice, not not governmental street forces. <laughs> yeah, if I could if I could build the world my own way, I would turn it into a wild west so fast. Trial by combat. Absolutely. All, all, all things, all like people didn't duel that long ago, really. Like people used to duel like to settle their grievances. There's like five episodes of this show specifically about how we need to bring dueling back. Like that is my firm political belief. Most duels, people would just shoot into the air. Yeah, I you're corrupted by Alexander Hamilton. No, that's how most duels went. It was like just to show you had the balls to show that you would put your life on the line for an issue. That's enough, and then you would just shoot into the air. People weren't. I mean, that's what not dying me. nonstop it, every day. Yeah. In not the me. I'll kill a motherfucker. No, but that's what it kind of devolved into. I would say, like I would say, before that, there was fencing. That was sword dueling, basically. That was the same thing, um, but people, you know, would hack each other to bits. So. I think it was officially banned in the early 1800s. By yeah. most countries. Anyway, not Wild West Justice, Real Justice, Court of Law, Evan, Jury Duty. Got selected, went there, saw my old buddy from elementary school straight away, Stephen Wells. Not really my buddy. Shout out. We had some Shout out to the dog. troubles in the past. Um, he got in trouble for always punching my nuts in <laughs> grade. Just punching? Just punching. No fondle. But he kind of got the talking to, like, don't fondle people. Like, that. that's what he got yelled yeah. at for. I mean, that's a slippery nuts. slope. Yeah. Like, if you're going to start out six years old touching nuts, yeah. like, you can open that hand real quick and that becomes a crime. Lincoln used to have a butt problem. You love Side touching butts. butts. Yeah. Yo, you're putting the cuzzo on blast here. Oh, my God. He would admit it, he I think. 
He was young. He yeah, I like slapping butts, you know. It was just the thing I had to get over. Yeah, I mean, he got over it, <laughs> thankfully. It would make him laugh. Yeah. Like he would get pleasure. <laughs> Don't use that word, Evan. Evan, he's 11 years old. Do not he use that word. He was six at, at the time. He would slap someone's butt. That makes it even worse. Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I saw Steven, you know, a little awkward. We both know what went down. Back then. <laughs> hey, you used to fondle me back in the day, right? <laughs> yeah. But uh, we both went up in the second round of jurors. There was one guy who was clearly trying to get out of it. Um, the details of that I can't um, reflect exactly, so I'll just skip, skip over. over. But it was funny. I remember that. Uh, Steven and I went up. We got selected. Steven was selected as the foreman. Did the speaking for all of us. Oh and God, we are. Yeah, does he have a list? He does. He had an awe. 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 Like two awes. So, Nothing wrong with that, but yeah, as a he was the falling. sole speaker. For me, a little difficult, I would think. Yeah. Yes. So we were both nineteen, and amongst a jury of our peers of all fully blown adults, and uh, but yeah, that was that was the last time I saw him, and our lunch breaks we like talked it out and we had like we we just had a great time steven and i i forgive you for punching person. me in the nuts yeah expeditiously he matured a little yes. i know even because he went to summer camp for yeah. a bit and he was, wasn't there that year he kind of was hated by all though he was hated yeah. by all universally hated counselor but, by, uh, by children and adults i think yeah yeah he went he went to school i know he hit the books hard didn't party at all we were talking about college during a lot of it and steven was just saying out like he would stay up late at college and i was like oh we, we're talking about two different things like the that the mountain dewy drink it was that sort of oh. <laughs> so i'm like all right yep different experience but cool <laughs> that you're doing that focusing on school that's interesting um to the case itself Walking in the first day, you heard the door open and then the ground shake. <laughs> um, there was already at the tables, there was a prosecutor um, who was, I think, town appointed. Um, clearly her first time. Bring the mic with you. Clearly her first time like a uh, young Italian skin-toned woman. And this defender who uh, hair, but been, he'd been around. Um, but to help out the prosecutor was this 500-pound beast. <laughs> um, oh, that's what was rattling. Stomping yeah, yeah. down the middle of the court late. Late? In, in a huff. She took a, the Titan pill. <laughs> <laughs> And she, uh, like, plopped into her chair. And it shattered. Made a noise. And <laughs> the whole crowd, because we hadn't been chosen at, at this point, but the whole crowd was just watching her. And everyone was looking around. And Yeah. So that started it off. The case itself. It's a beautiful scene. Was uh, the defendant. He, um... He was fighting like his third strike of a DUI, his third one. Oh. 
so he hired he, he clearly hired somebody good to try to get him out of it and uh, the case so yeah he the, the details against him were damning like uh, that night he was driving naked oh, when they found him he had crashed through several mailboxes through people's lawns um, he was clearly driving drunk I don't remember them providing the breathalyzer information or anything like that, which is why I think it he, went to court. Yeah. Um, but clearly drunk where he was, and then he left, and his trail was... Uh, yeah, it just... He was going to get his third strike. Yeah. But uh, they tried to fight it because we weren't, th- we weren't there for sentencing. We just gave the um, verdict of guilty or not guilty. Um, but just, you could you just could tell it was her first time. She almost didn't know. Like her opening statement, she said a few sentences, stammered through it. And then, uh, yeah, the defense team, it was just one guy, solo. He uh, delivered what he had to say perfectly, which he always did. And you could just tell it was going to be a, t- a Titan versus a first timer and a horker. Like, <laughs> and she, she would fumble through all of her notes and the, and eventually she got like called out by the guy and, and this judge had no control of the courtroom. Uh, it, it was just a mess. Just the substitute teacher of judges. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He would, he would like flip flop on it, like because everything the prosecution said, every witness they brought up, so they brought up like ten witnesses for a DUI case, which the guy was just, but all the, the witnesses were like the nine one one operator from the from a person's house, the person who transferred the call, like people who did not need to be there, um, and the line of questioning was just. So, where were you on this night? Did you receive a call? Okay, thank you. Go, please, you, you can go home now. And the first like, <laughs> you could tell they were pissed. And yeah, like what the fuck? Yeah. Do you See why I don't believe in the justice system. See why I want to go back to dueling. I'd say if he broke my mailbox, I should just be able to shoot him in the courtroom. That's basically she proved nothing. Um. I, the details just aren't flying back, just line by line. Um, so it's not a great story now, I guess. But uh, it was just such a great time when I look back on it <laughs> fondly. I'd have to call up Stephen and go through it because he probably you know, so the guy won. The, well, he, no, he was clearly drunk, so he um he got the DUI. He got he got the third one, but. Every count of uh, destruction of property, and uh, there was several counts, and dismissed all all of those. Oh my so, God. and there's pictures of the yards like destroyed. But what the prosecution did, every information they brought up, it got um, rejected. Uh, when they when, when they weren't when, when the judge was like having pity on the prosecution, the guy would be <laughs> like, "Why, ju- judge?" Can I approach the bench? He did it like six times. And the judge was like, 
You could just see it. <laughs> <laughs> but Town of Knox Court, if you ever get papers from them to it's a good time. as a jury. Town Knox. Did we go there? Like we did. Yeah. It was kind of a shit show as well. Kind of. For uh, for, for, for the beer. Well, it, for, for trespassing. Yeah. For our non-guilty. Yeah. You guys got a court summons? I love the story of Dad you? representing himself in yeah. front of a Oh, what is this? Hold on. I don't know this. What's tell this? Someone tell he this. He probably story. wants us to forget about it, but Sure. Well, so no, let's so cement it into memory with a recording, me, obviously. Or Ryan, I mean, Dad, bad, and myself so. were hunting around Thanksgiving probably five years ago. Six years ago. Yep. James like is also out. He was in a different piece of land, but Yep. But so um we're out there. Uh we get two deer. And we start hauling them back, and which just to back up is like we never get two deer. No, yeah, it's in the early morning too. Like it was perfect, perfect day. Couldn't ask for anything because the worst thing about hunting is like you sit out there in the cold for six hours, don't see anything, and then you leave. Yep. But so we were in there maybe an hour or two, and both got two deer, and we were smitten. But sorry, continue. No, good. Start hauling them out, and then. uh I think James got to the vehicles first, and then he came back to us and like, hey, there's cops out there by the trucks waiting. And he shot a deer as well. Yep. So actually, yeah, that's right. Um, but so... He was the, coming to help us haul out and saw that, yeah, trooper... Trooper was like, cousin, I, we got a call from some neighbor around here saying that you guys are hunting on our land or something, and um, we're like, we're not, obviously, but... Yeah. Um, He's like, I don't, I really don't give a shit about this, but if you guys can get out of here before the NCON officer arrives, then. then NCON is like game Environmental warden, conservation yeah. warning. So, yeah, nature police, basically. <clears throat> yeah. The rangers, if you will. Yes. Um, but so, I mean, we were still pretty deep in the woods at that point, so kind of, we were, we were trying our best to get up there, but um, by the time we had got to the vehicles, it was already, he was already around, so. Um, yeah, we kind of explained to him the situation and and how we were hunting on property behind this person's. We weren't hunting on their property, um, but there was just like this little corner of her property that we crossed over, and so and there's like a foot of snow down, so you could easily tell yeah, tracks. You can see our tracks, like where we cut over her mm. property line. Um, and he's like, "Well, it makes a big difference because you're not." Like trespassing while hunting, um, but I, this person wants to um, uh, get you guys for trespassing right now. So we got all three of us. Yeah, and uh, for just more context, so mm-hmm. there the land we were hunting on is owned by like a New York City property, uh, you know, company. Okay. So they're not like living there. They don't like tend to the land or anything. Nope. We've tried to contact them multiple times to. Just see if we could hunt it, see if we could buy it, and heard nothing from them. So, so we said, all right, we can hunt this. Like, no one's gonna really give a shit. Yep. But the neighbor on the right, uh, Keister, whose land we didn't trespass, he's the one who called in us trespassing on someone else's land. Oh, so the because person... he like, even what though he doesn't fuck? own that hunting land, he lives near it and is like very defensive. Like, oh, it's basically mine. So like. So he's always guarding it, always been a pain in the ass. There's plenty of other stories we could tell about. Probably tell one. About him, yeah. yeah. Um, so 
Yeah, he's the one who called, and um, so yeah, we basically had to show up in court. But um, Knox courts and to address ourselves for trespassing, and we show up the first time on time. Uh, the officer didn't show, and the the landowner didn't show. Okay. So instead of but instead of throwing the like dismissing the case, because trespassing is a little bit more severe than driving over the speed limit or whatever. Yeah. He's like, we're just going to reschedule your court date. Okay. So a month later or something, we come back, same thing. No one's there, no officer, no landowner. And so kind of before the second one, though, uh, our dad and the judge kind of like, we're talking just a little bit about the case. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, before... Uh, it started. Judge is like, if no one shows, you got a motion to like dismiss the case because they didn't have this cer- certain section of the process signed, and then we can move against it. But so like, we get called up for this case, and then the yeah. judge is like asking a bunch of questions, and Dad's just like, "Yep, yeah." And but Dad basically beforehand said like I've got all my notes here like I've, I've looked in everything I've emailed the judge ahead of time like I got us covered like you don't have to say anything brought this big stack of papers and, and me and Connor <laughs> like all right cool like just we'll just there. sit back here and be fine and um, so yeah I mean they they bring it up and they're like they still haven't filed it and um, they basically look to my dad and us and they're like what do you want to do and. We're not uh, lawyers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We didn't know what so to So we just sit there kind of quiet, and Dad is just like, don't worry, guys. I've seen better calls, Saul. So I know how this goes. <laughs> well, he doesn't say anything. and So you eventually. So I go, well, they didn't sign it or something like that. And the judge is like, well, that's not a problem like of the courts. Like, that's not our fault. And then I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's when Dad said, no, 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 like. Um, and then they're like, we're going to dismiss it. Yeah. There's like this really <laughs> awkward exchange between dad and judge. And yeah. they're like, we're just going to throw this. Thing <laughs> and I was like, thank God. Because I thought I just buried us. I was saying they didn't sign it. <laughs> Town of Knox, baby. But I was Nothing like, going. we got to say something here. So yeah. I just said. Like, dad was just staring him down. Well, I think dad was expecting a, a different line of questions. You know? Well, he thought he'd have to explain himself, and he never did. The whole situation. And he, so so <laughs> I'm imagining Dad, like, preps these sheets, right? And then the judge skips to the end, basically. And so 70 per, 75% <laughs> of what Dad had to prepare, he just had to skip. And he was caught off guard. Yeah. But um, your dad's incidents, dude, some of them. I'll get to that in a sec. They, oh, my God. <laughs> but so, I mean, yeah, that, that was our trespassing thing. But Keister, the guy who... Tried to nail us. Hmm. Like, there's a feud between the old Gallops and Keister. Yeah. That whole family. It's like a legitimate feud. Back, this was probably 35 years ago, maybe. Um, yeah, when my dad and our Uncle John were kids and yeah. hunted with our great-grandpa. Hunting with yeah. our great-grandpa, Altamary. Um, they saw Keister in the woods. Had a little uh, discussion. Not of the the good-natured kind, <laughs> basically about where they're hunting and why they're there and all that kind of shit. And mm. then as Grandpa and Dad and Uncle John are walking away, Keister pulls a pistol out. No shot. And points it at 
dad or John. Yeah. We'll just add them and direct like their yep. direction. Yeah. And our grandpa fucking spins around, starts loading shotgun shells into his gun. And he's like, don't you dare point your fucking gun at my grandsons. And it, it almost got in a shootout. Oh, with this guy shit. in the woods. I think dad, and, awesome. dad says him and Uncle John like dropped on a knee and like yep. pointed their guns at him too. Yep. It like, got real. They had a standoff. Yeah. They did. That's fucking sick. My, yeah, almost so. some, some Cameron McLeod justice got performed. Oh my gosh, dude. Not, like this is some cloud when nine dad justice. dad tells the story, he's like, all see, like he almost got in a shootout in the woods. Yeah. And you then know how old he was? Teenager. 13, 14. Early hunting days for him, so probably, maybe even, like, 13, Earlier than that. 14. So it was more, it's probably almost 40 years ago. This guy, Keister, it's a shame he's lived as long as he has. Yeah. And he eventually bought the land that we were used to hunt on, where the whole trespassing thing was going down. Mm. So we never got to go back there even. And we got kicked out of our ancestral hunting ground. <sighs> Imagine pulling a gun on some kids' backs. Like, yeah, some kids. Shooting two 13-year-olds in the back. Yeah. That's... Well, I don't think he ever was going to shoot anyone, yeah. but he just no, thought he shot. was like, I have this pistol. Yeah. On. I mean, you know what, like... Turn away. Yeah. That's the etiquette of a gun. You know, if you have a gun, you know the etiquette of a gun. Our, so our, our grandpa, though, was yeah. a World War II veteran who was in France and everything. Oh, jeez. So he was he was ready to... Dad always tells yeah. it, like, Grandpa would have dropped that guy in half a second, and we would have been burying that guy's body for the rest of the day. <laughs> that's what... That's yeah. how he tells it. Well, Damn. Uh, credit to you know our great grandpa too. No, didn't back down no. an inch, like, no. and make Keister look like him. a little bitch, basically too. Yeah. Fucking walked right up to him, holstered his gun, and walked away with his tail between his legs. Too bad oh. that didn't humble him for life. Yeah. I'm a mildly lucky. You, oh, some Colin Gallup stories Let's go so fucking hard, dude. The uh, the rock and yep. refuel incident mm. of. Uh, 20-something, the strongly worded email to the Hanford Corporation about <laughs> not having your uh, about that, yeah. your your post your post workout beverage also, or whatever. Also, Rock and Refuel is a company his brother worked for, too. Okay. So there's a little bit more, like, uh, fam- family ties to yes. it, you know? I never heard one word of this story from your dad. I heard it from your mom, and mm. she tells it like the end times are now. Like the one time in her entire marriage she's ever seen your dad angry <laughs> to yeah, a man. point of huffing and puffing down to a laptop and trying to figure out how to write and send an email. <laughs> I do remember too, he like he said he sent it and somehow it didn't send and he had to type it all over again. And he was like, They canceled it. Like they <laughs> they, they threw it out. They intercepted my email and deleted it. <laughs> and he was pissed because he I'm sure did a whole letter. And had to retype it all out. Well, I've, you, we've all been there when we've written a great thing, and then all of a sudden it's just gone. Can't yeah. find it again, or didn't save it, or something. Uh, horrid. It's a horrid. But feeling. so our dad's pretty a pretty stoic guy. Yes. So to get to see him get that fired up, so get roused. I'm like for oh, family oh matters. God. <laughs> <laughs> gets around. But there, there, during that time though, he would like have one or two of those a day for himself even. Oh really? Was what was Rock and Refill? Was it like a like a protein, a protein shake? shake? Yeah, protein yeah. shake. Like but creamy. So that our uncle Brian worked for that company. Okay. Um, they're trying to distribute it at more places around here, and it was good actually. I did. Like we it. were in it. high school sports. Yeah, I don't remember mm. the exact. Time he was trying to fuel us up, like he he was in a rocking way. Yeah. He wanted us <laughs> to be strong, stronger than every Any other mortal ever person could be. we faced. Yeah, and he thought that was playing a huge role. 
roused him to. Yeah, his just... brother was impacted. His sons were impacted. The capability of their athleticism was impacted. Okay, this is a big deal. And that's yeah. why he went all. Yeah. And also then, on the. Tangent. I remember thinking like, whatever in the time. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> also yeah. on the tangent of um, cancellations, fucking. They killed Perkup, dude. Stewart Shops killed yeah, Perkup. Yeah. What a tragedy. It was Rest a matter in of peace. time, honestly. Yeah. Been waiting for that day. Perkup was radioactive waste. It'll kill you eventually. I'm probably, the cancer I will have later in my life will result from the amount of Perkup I ingest. Stewart's Perkup. What was it? Was it like a Mountain Dew alternative, like a Sprite? I don't remember it now. It was more like of a Sprite. Yeah. Citrusy, yeah. lemon lime ish kind of. It yeah. was a clear liquid. Seven up, it just came in a radioactive green bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you know the Perkup Challenge? The Perkup Challenge? Yeah. What? You've never done it? What is this? So it happened twice. Mm-hmm. Somehow. <laughs> it was okay. allowed to happen again. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the first time, was it after a fast or no? Was that the second time? Um, at, well, the f- I don't know if it was the first or second time now. But or was it even after a fast? We had, it was just like us three, James and Grant were hanging out. I don't know if I was at the first one. But continue. This is an in-house thing. This has been. This is not a Stewart-sponsored thing. This is an in-house thing you guys did. Right? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, it was probably during the banana sprite challenge. Like we just. Oh, var- I remember that. Like made yeah. our own variation of it. Okay. So like this was just a, after Nate had come back home from the Middle East, and so he kind of introduced Grant to Indian food and all this uh, Eastern-style cuisine, and so Grant was like, "You guys got to try this place in downtown Albany." And this, the food is just so good. And so we went to it's an Indian buffet. Yep, this Indian bu- buffet. Place. Later got looted and destroyed during the riots, riots. Black Lives Matter riots. Yep. <laughs> um, but so we yep. feasted ourselves until like we basically burst. Mm. And on our drive back, all of us felt like so full that we were going to get sick. Okay. And. Um, we invoked the banana sprite challenge to rid ourselves of what we had just eaten. A purging, yes, of yep. course. But so the purge up. We're driving back to Grant's house. We stop at Stewart's, pick up some perk up, and yeah, because perk up was a thing. Yeah, like because we always joked that it's like the worst shit ever. Yeah, but, but we'd always pick it up for yeah, we'd always buy gatherings. Yeah, and uh, so we grab some some of the big the two liters, two liters, and head up to Grant's. We pull up. Um, Grant immediately starts throwing up just from food. In <laughs> he his hasn't backyard. even had any of it yet. No, no, these guys don't eat like normal people. No, no. When they get down when they say they ate a lot of food. That's a inhuman. Yeah, that's a royal. At least three royal plates feast, each yeah. of Indian buffet. Yeah. Oh God, that's nuclear. Probably. Levels. Well, then there's that. Probably four plates. I think I stopped at three. I was probably the least full out of everyone. James and Grant get real competitive with each other, and I do too, obviously, but. <laughs> But and then the, the rice. I just remember seeing rice pudding. That was the first thing that came out of Grant's mouth into yeah, the yard. Came out in His grandma was like there watching. Like, what's wrong with Grant? And Grant's just like, don't look at me. Bring oh, her inside. Bring her back inside. Starts, <laughs> starts throwing up all this food, and um, then basically it's just a spectacle now. Me versus James in the backyard. So we're gonna try and drink these entire two liters. Oh, you have individual. Yep. Oh, individual Jesus. two liters, James yep. and Con. Yep. There's so a video of it somewhere out there. Yeah, it's lost media now. It, it is, is like yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. Translated to an iPhone, it's like barely visible, grainy footage. But so, um, yeah, the challenge was to down the two liter without throwing it. 
<laughs> after eating pounds and pounds of food. An impossible task. Yep. But, but so, like, we start going, start going. I, I, I spontaneously start to burp, and I cannot control <laughs> the amount of CO2 and oxygen going in and out of my mouth. So I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> cannot, cannot control myself. Guttural. Yeah. Like, repeated. Yeah. Animalistic sounds. Grant's cackling. Yeah. Grant is howling, laughing. Um, which is worse for me because now I'm smiling while half dying. <laughs> and then I'm pretty sure I was the first one to puke. But so it's just Sprite that I'm mm. throwing up. No actual food. And that and the perks coming lurching, back up. This yeah. lurching pain just starts in my stomach. Oh. And then James <laughs> James just spills over and just lets it all fall <laughs> out into the lawn and then he keeps going. Oh, jeez. Because he's going to finish the two <laughs> liter. And yeah. then so I keep going. And then we both eventually just empty our guts into the yard. Oh, my gosh. And So the uh, first round of it, it just bounced off the top layer of yeah. curry in your belly. The, it just came curry, right back up. CO2 made my stomach expand. And then oh, it just geez. forced just, this, uh, the, just the perk up back up. <laughs> and uh, But then, so, like, I remember after it being all said and done, like, Sweating and fucking like, <laughs> just breathing hard after that whole incident, and uh, we we're like, let's just go inside and play video games now or something. And I still remember the look of just absolute like pain and terror on <laughs> your faces as bad. you're like finishing the last bit. Like, like James is like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, it burned into my brain. And this happened twice. We did it another time. <laughs> Just because it was hilarious. Same circumstances. Same exact. Same exact. Yeah. Indian buffet, two liter perk. Yep. I think it Me was and Grant off a fast, did not. Though. Yeah, that much time. So they fasted for three days, went to Indian buffet, feasted, perked up. Yep. Mm. Oh God. Yep. So, but Grant didn't partake. Okay. I don't Grant think I had max capacity too. badge. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We had special rules that we had set. Max capacity badge. Yeah. He so said, you ate yeah. until you puked. That was more impressive than eating and then using a. It wasn't more soda. impressive. It was just a. That's what he claimed. That's yeah. what Grant claimed. It was, I, yeah. Well, and he I gave himself anything. a ribbon. Yeah. Okay. That second time though wasn't as violent, but I was still like I remember how much I didn't enjoy it the first time. <laughs> so I was more hesitant, but I remember the second time going into the downstairs bathroom at Grant's house, and like. Not being able to puke up as much as I wanted to outside. Oh, jeez. But so, when I curled myself up, like, I made my knees touch my chest. And the, just the angle, just projectile vomited out all the rest of my stomach contents. Just because I was, just because the way I curled myself. Mm. And that felt so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> really good feeling. Is that the closest you ever come to feeling like you were going to die? No. That sounds like death to death, me. But that was, I mean, it's not fun. No. <laughs> It makes for a funny video, oh. but it's not that fun. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Funny to watch. Yeah, it's incredible. We'll be right back, folks. Mischief Akasur. I love you, Captain. Engage the turbo thrusters. More Star Trek, the next generation, tonight at 9, only on TBS. This is shit to make you say. Haichi Mama. This shit ain't nothing to me, man. Make him look like a Resident Evil 5 campaign extra. World premiere, Dracula Flow 4, this Friday at 8 p.m., only on TBS. 
Mischief Castle! Well, then you just got, like, bitter curry coming up in your mouth. Yeah. I mean, Indian alone. For some reason, Brooke didn't eat last night, like, any dinner. I don't know why. Oh. There was a bunch of food there, but she wasn't hungry. And then as we're going home, she's like, we should get some food. I'm hungry. <laughs> so we stopped at Indian place and got some tikka masala. All right. Mm. But, I mean, my ass was, like, bleeding before I got <laughs> <laughs> And then I just put that on top of it. I've had some really solid gosh. shits since Thanksgiving. I've been solid, yeah. Like, good shits. I usually can't shit until I have, like, my first cup of coffee. Mm. But this morning, it was, like, huge turd before my first nice. cup even. Nice, so. dude. At least I'm getting through it, you know? Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Are you we got done? A, um, you got a couple segments? 12.45. How's everyone doing? Oh. It's getting late, I guess. Been here about two hours. I think it's just twelve forty-five. Time flies when you're shooting the shits. Um, does this thing have any sounds on it? Well, I have the thing for it, but right. I didn't put it. Yeah. We're gonna do. All right, we'll be right back, folks. We should play Catan and record it. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, welcome back to Mission Castle. We are gonna close out. YouTube video too. Yeah. Just like one camera of the board. Record our voices. Play yeah. guitar. We're gonna we're gonna close out. Welcome back to Mischief Castle, folks. We're gonna close out with one repeated segment we like to do here on the show. This is called Biggest Problem of the Week. That's the wrong sound. It's DJ Rock. DJ Rock is playing the wrong noises because I didn't preload them correctly on the on the pod track. But uh, <clears throat> basically, what this is is we just you talk about like the top two or three things. That I've been pissing you off or irking you just this week alone. Um, try and give it a snazzy title, and then uh, yeah, we'll laugh about it. And once we all go around, we'll uh, we'll call it quits, and that'll be the end of this show forever. Um, wow. I'll start. Uh, biggest problem of the week, number one. You guys can't hear it because I'm the only one wearing headphones, but there's like a 15-second song that plays every time I push that button. <laughs> little segment. Um, segment music. <clears throat> Biggest problem of the week, number one for me, is uh, I might, for the first time in my life, have alcohol poisoning. My liver might be changed forever. Um, you drank a lot yesterday, dude. It it did not affect me. I actually went out on the town last night with my friend up in Saratoga, and I had more after that. Um, and I did not feel any of it. Should not have drove. No. I was fine. I was I, fine when I left. If I was an op, I would have pulled you over and had, I would have dueled you. Yeah. <laughs> For your sobriety. Drunken master, dude. I would have. Take a month off. That. I, uh, I need to get another fight first. That's what really like kicks me into high gear, too get myself in shape because i have not like my stomach has not felt good since like august <laughs> yeah, um just i don't know why my my tolerance is like i'm up there i'm up there with the experts i'm up there with the pros you think so I think, I think yeah i um it takes it takes quite a while nice. for me to feel <laughs> yeah i'm gonna start moving from alcohol to like glue and glitter <laughs> i'm gonna go up there with mr nice He's from here. You guys know that? Yeah. He's our coach's yeah. brother. Really? Yeah. That's incredible. Local you went, hero. You went from wine to Bailey's to Yingling to Coke last night, I think. Coke got thrown around? Coke. Like? Yeah, you had Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Oh. Yeah. 
Not that yes. God, yeah, that would wreck my insides. Nope. And then you apparently went out later, too. Yep. And that means, like, we both recognize that's not good. No, of course not. So we just stopped. I'm trying to get it out of my system entirely. My tolerance is still pretty high. I'm hoping hoping by the time my next birthday rolls around, I can, like... You're 22? 22, yeah. Hoping I can... uh, Peak alcoholism. Yeah. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm hoping to get a girlfriend and then just change the trajectory of my life entirely. That's like my that's my like sole internal motivation is to forge like relationships that I willingly build. Um, so, due to the fact doing that doing that through apps or something or like I'm just trying to live life. I've gotten off of dating apps entirely. Dating apps are fucking garbage. They're this weird. They were they were built to circumvent. Um, the uncertainties of going out and meeting people in real life back before they were a thing, right? So, like, if you go out to a bar or a place that you hang out um, and see somebody that you want to approach and talk to, you don't know what their situation is. You don't know if they're taken. You don't know if they're single but not looking for anybody. You don't know if they like you, if they don't, or whatever. So, building an app... Facebook is one of the first ones to yeah. kind of crack that. Facebook open. and dating apps were built to remove that layer of it, right? So sing ideally, single people um, who want to meet somebody else are on these apps and you can interact with them and then the stated objective by even being on the app is that you're looking to meet somebody to become a partner with or have a, have a fling with. The fling with. To, to, to do the fling with. Um, what? Some people just want to fleek. They don't Some people do just want to fleek. The but most change, want to have a good time. They don't really care about the, the change in culture now that dating apps are a norm. Is that it? We've recreated the problem that they were meant to circumvent artificially. People will have dating apps and treat it like a game. Like like how many how many hot guys can I see today? How many hot girls can I see today? How uh, take bets on if. I can swipe 50 times to get one match. Like um, people's intentions are no longer what the apps were actually designed for. So like you that's get a this small percentage though. It's no, it's most of it. It is most of it now. I've only ever used one. Just I've for used like a month. I've used know. four and I know a lot of people my age and like people in school right now specifically. It's, it's a hellish nightmare world where everybody kind of seems like this weird drone who it's rejected. You can't read. You can't read it all. Yeah, I I got rid of it. I'm just trying to like all the dates I've been going on are just people I meet at like work and stuff or around. Cool. Yeah. That's good. Just being like, just want to grab coffee sometime. Yes. Yeah. That's that's, that's what like, you have to. It's like a perfect intro. Yeah. Can I buy a coffee? Yeah. Want to come back to my place? See, these guys don't really know much about that. Like but since I've been back on the scene. It's a lot like that. Yeah. All right. That was my biggest problem of the week. Who would like to go next? Does anyone have something that's been bugging them you want to get off your chest? You know what really grinds my gears? Do you have one or are you just saying something? Are you yeah, going? Are you one. going? All right. Let me play the sound. <laughs> biggest problem of the week forever. Now you're alive. You know, and sometimes you're coming back home. And, you know, you got a lot of things you got to do, a lot of people to see, a lot of people to talk to. And then your friend from college goes, hey, man, you busy? Cool if we 
spend, spend the day together and you're just like ah puts you yeah. in a tough spot yeah yeah not like, enough hours in the day it's just not enough time yeah and you don't want to let anyone down yeah but you know you just you just kind of have to make the choices of who you want to cut out of your life like <laughs> <laughs> this guy yeah. he re- like we've been we still talk a little bit but it's like i don't want to see it man it's, yeah it's, there's it's more a situation you there's get into other more. things i'd rather be doing yeah it's yeah, what so. it comes down to i think as you get older you fight that more and more of like trying to please people i yeah. think if well, you were still living here, though, would you hang out with this guy? Would you find time eventually to hang out yeah, with this guy? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. It's just, yeah. Vacation. Coming back home for vacation is just like, hey, time man, I'm here to see my family. Oh, sorry, but yeah. if he if he underst- if he's a man, he'll understand. That. It's yeah. a holidays. It's the holidays as well. Like, but like I could I could use Joe Malone hit me up. He's like, want to hang out this Saturday? I'd be like, no, man. Evans in town. Sorry, man. Yeah. And he's like, no worries. Just happens like that. Yeah. He does want to watch a football game. He, he told me he reached out to you. Yeah, um, his house probably. Oh, yeah. well, so, not like go to one. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. But he just closed on his house fairly recently, and closed on his house. Baby on the way. He wants to. And he's got a cool like man cave. Yeah, in the house. Mm-hmm. So, like a bar in the basement. Like, it's pretty sweet. Um, so I want to even just go hang out there. And, I told him we should play some Assassin's Creed while we're over. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the good old times. Mm-hmm. All right, which one of you two would like to go next? They're also expecting a child. Yeah. And they just bought a dog. So they're like... They're moving. Yeah, nice. They are boxes. moving. So nice. What are you supposed to do, I guess? I guess oh. I'll go. All right, Connor's biggest problem of the week. That's a good one, though. You are live. Yeah. Well, I mean, on, on top of the concept of time, which there doesn't seem to be much of, mine, mine in this past week has been diligence. So... I, I've been, before Thanksgiving, had been really trying to focus on getting into keto, start starting to shed some weight, getting back in the gym, but this week has been tough time of year to do totally, that. It totally derailed my entire plan, and not, it's not because it's bad. Thanksgiving, you get some of the best meals, you're hanging out with some of the best people in your life, but it kind of just ruined my plan oh of course so i'm kind of in that state now where like i stepped on the scale this morning i'm like oh fuck i don't do it anymore i just straight up unless i need to know my weight for a fight i do not give a fuck well i've just been writing it down on this little notepad that i have Mm. in my bathroom because that it kind of just helps me see like okay yeah i mean i'm actually making Making progress progress yes so i didn't do that before because i think two years ago It was in preparation for my trip to the Netherlands. Like, I'd started on New Year's, and by April, I'd lost, like, 45, 50 pounds. Mm. So I was really on a good track for that. Um, But so I was trying to get back into that same mentality, and it just doesn't work with the holidays. Nope, not at all. That's my gripe this week, just trying to stay diligent. Oh, yeah. With Christmas coming up. I don't know. <laughs> I'll probably be in another similar situation. You might got a holiday party for yeah. work coming back. Oh, up Oh, jeez. So you gotta go scorched earth. Just get some lipo right before, uh, yeah. <laughs> right before yeah, Christmas. Be lipo. like, I'm gonna put all this back on. No. I need to be skinny bones. I, I outside the holidays, I know I just gotta keep eating right, and then right. 
stay in the weight room. Um, but then just kind of like the first way, the first time I did it, as soon as January 1st hits, like resolution time, baby. Yeah. yeah. Take it off. So nice. that's good. Thanks. That's a good one. All right. We'll close it out with our gracious host, Ryan. Here's Ryan's biggest problem of the week. <laughs> Here I go. Well, I feel very blessed that I don't have that many problems, I guess. And my problems are not like uh, like that crucial, I guess, at the same time. Like my problem, I have multiple problems, but most of it is like trying to grow the business, stuff like that. Yes. And that's a problem that carries over from week to week, from year to year, honestly. Of course. So just trying to do that. Because I want to get to a point where I can not do it hands-on anymore. Mm. So, um, and that's what I've been working towards. Sort of, I remember January 1st, I set some goals for the year. It was, I have my first five hires. Um, it was, pay off my student loans, pay off my truck. And I think work on like leadership skills, something like that. And I've hit a lot of those. So this next year, it's just going to be building on the company. Um, I would like to get to 20 this year. That's going to be a tough one. But On hires? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But and this then, upcoming year? Yeah. Okay, 2024? Yeah. So, and then, then the year after that, 50. Like, that's an aggressive growth strategy, but I think it's still attainable. So you're just trying to turn this into a machine that functions exactly. on its own, yeah. Uh, like, real estate's fun. I like awesome. doing it, but there's still a bunch of other things I'd rather be doing. Yeah, of course. And then using that money to kind of stabilize my life, hopefully pay off a house one day and, you know, uh, get to a point where I... My goal was always get to a point where I could fuck off. Yep. That's been always my goal. So I see it in the path. I just got to keep finding the motivation to tackle yeah. it, you know? I mean, it is honestly amazing what you've done. I mean, somebody who doesn't know you, who could listen to this, like, you've met a couple of my friends, they don't really know you, they're just, you know, they would see you and see, like, oh, just Cam's cousin who does the realty. But, like, as people who've known you since we were all literal children, too, yeah. you're, I mean, in my estimation, oh. you're one of the few people I know who's actually, like, done something, like, I've watched you do something yeah. with your life. Yeah. Which is incredible. It's tough. Building a business is definitely tough. I think it takes just a lot of like risk and faith in yourself and kind of just saying, well, I'm going to put this all out there. And if it all blows up, then I'm just going to have to live with the embarrassment of it a little bit, you know? So, but once I finally said, I don't give a fuck, like, I don't care if this all blows up in my face, then it kind of gave me the freedom to do it. So, if anyone that's can awesome. take anything from that statement, like, I think that's a good lesson in life. Like, Put yourself out there. Whatever happens, happens. Most people are their own shit to worry about at the end of the day. So nice. And Cam, that's what you've done here, man. Hundred episodes. Hundred. Put yourself out there. Don't, don't even, don't even try to yank. Proud of you, man. This is fucking nothing. Hundred. All right. It's still a milestone, accomplishment, and I'm sure you've learned a lot from one to a hundred. You know. I've learned some things. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen. I think you're much more well spoken and. Could listen to your suit. You're definitely more confident. Or, yeah, I think it's just growing up a little bit, probably. But you, you've got a voice here, and you put your thoughts out there. And, um, coming from your three role models, 
Yes, actually. <laughs> three older brothers. Yeah. It's good stuff. Closest man. thing I could ever have. Yeah. Is this what it's like to be white? Let's go, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, um, we can get you there. I'll try not to look this gift horse in the mouth too much. All right. Ev, Connor, Ryan, and your host, Cameron McLeod, thank you all for joining us. Any and all listening, watching on the YouTube, on the Spotify, uh, wherever you find your podcast, this has been Mischief Castle, episode 100, whatever the hell it's predominantly called, uh, as well as the show, probably forever. We're calling it Raps. Thank you all for joining me. Thank you all for listening. It's been a blast. Peace. Be good.